0: Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of his love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. We are in this amazing series of I Am and uh, the focus of uh, this series is to discover Jesus and to be challenged by the Jesus that we find in the Gospel. And uh, what an amazing, um, what an amazing message! What the gospel is, and uh, one of the things that Jesus says, when especially in the Gospel of John. Actually, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to go through the Gospel of John, not through the Gospel of John, but we will look at different names that we find in the Gospel of John of the I Am. And one of the things that Jesus did when he met the people, at one point he says, I am, before Abraham was, I am. And Brenton talked about that last week. And that was a huge statement when Jesus said, I am. Because uh, the name of the covenant that God, how God revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 16 is, I am who I am. And uh, it's the W, it's the Y, H W H. In the, in the original Hebrew language, there was no vowel, only continents. and this is where we have the name Yahweh. And others would say uh, Jehovah, uh, but uh, there's no uh, J, there's no J in the original language, and no V also. So when we look at the name of God, His name is Yahweh, and this is the name of the covenant, the faithful name. And when people or when the scribes would write that name, when they would copy the Bible, uh, they would do a prayer, uh, they would have to wash their hands because of the sacred name of the covenant. This is why in many versions, what they did is they removed the word Yahweh, his name Yahweh, and put the Lord God because it was easier to write and they didn't have to pray and, and wash your hands because the name of the covenant was a sacred name. And so what we find in the Gospel of John we find Jesus that presents himself as the I am. And actually when you look at the burning bush that, that spoke to or that was burning and was, was burning but without burning, it was the angel of the Lord and it's a, a Christophany where Christ revealed himself. We see that in the Old Testament when it, came, when it comes to the angel of the Lord. In many occasions, it was Christ revealing himself. So, so when Jesus is with the people, And he declares that he is is the I am. It was a big statement. And so what he was saying is that he was the same one that was in the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. And he says, I am in your midst. So what I'd like to do this morning, I'd like to talk about uh, Jesus as the bread of life when he says, I am the bread of life. So if you have your Bible, take a look at John chapter 6 verse 30. So we'll be looking at the I am as the bread of life. And it says in verse 30, it says, they answered, show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, what can you do? Well, they just saw 5,000 people be fed. That's what just happened, okay? And so what they're doing right now, they're saying, uh, well, Moses is this, uh, uh, and and he freed the people from Egypt. Well, we want you to do stuff so that we can be free from the Romans. And he says in verse 31, It says in verse 31, After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. And the scripture says, Moses gave them bread from from heaven to eat. And, uh, And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses did not give them bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers to you the true bread from heaven, talking about himself. Verse 33, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. Verse 34, they they said, sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. And so what we find in this text is that uh, they're asking Jesus to do a miracle. They're asking to see Jesus uh, do like what Moses did when it came to uh, leading the people out of Egypt. But at the same time, what Jesus says, it was not even Moses that did that. It was your father in heaven. He doesn't say even your father. He says my father because he understands and he sees that the people are not seeing, uh, don't understand it, haven't seen the father. What, what you find in this, in this text is that we find people. We find a people uh, when Jesus was saying this that are attached to what they see and what they sense, what they've touched, and they only are caught up in the physical, and they forgot about the spiritual dynamic that was happening. Because what they're looking for is they're looking for for bread, right? And it's important for us to realize that life has to be. be it has to be lived beyond the natural, for sure. We live in the natural. For some of us, this morning it was a little harder to get up, right? There's some of us that uh, we get tired easily. L- life has different components and, and it's not always easy, and there's some challenges. And, and life is uh, doing, doing life is taking care of your family, is going to work, it's uh, mowing your lawn. And there's so much things when it comes to doing life. And one of the things that we might get caught is, that, is by doing life, being busy, doing this and doing that, and lose. This spiritual reality that we live in. The, 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 the fact that we live in a physical world, absolutely, we cannot deny that. You're sitting on a physical chair, otherwise you would fall on your back, right? So we live in a physical world, but there's also that spiritual dimension, And I believe what happened with these people is that they were looking for bread, they were looking to see Jesus meet their needs, they had an earthly perspective, and they were missing out on who Jesus is. And if you look at verse 31, it says, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness, and the scripture says, Moses gave them bread from the heaven, and Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, my father did, and now he's... And he offers to you this, uh, this true bread from heaven. And, and so, it was more than manna. The story here is that the people were focusing on manna, and they had forgotten the Father. And, 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 and what happened too, when Jesus was there, they forgot, they didn't see Jesus, they, they just saw manna, or they just saw the free lunch that they had. And so it's important for us, when we look at life in general, It's important for us not just to be caught in the physical as much as that's a reality. The reality for them is that they followed and they were searching for Jesus because of their physical hunger and because Jesus fed them. So what happened is that Jesus fed them and he crossed the lake and, and in the morning, they were looking for him, word Jesus, because the challenge or the problem with eating is that it would be amazing if we would eat uh, one breakfast and then we would be good for a month, right? It doesn't work like that. I, my, my dad used to say, around 11.30, would say, oh man, I'm so hungry, I didn't have lunch since yesterday. And then we were kids, well, he had supper, he had breakfast, you know? But, but our stomach cries out and, and there's needs. And, and what happened is that you can, you can be absorbed doing life on seeing your needs be met. And what happened in this story is the people didn't have a clue who Jesus was. They just wanted to see bread. They wanted to see bread. They were hoping to see what happened when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt where they would have a free lunch, right? And they wouldn't have to work. And, and, and they had this idea that the kingdom is physical and they forgot that it was spiritual, if you look at verse 33, it says, The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Look what they said. Sir, they said, give us bread. Give us that bread every day. They're not having a clue of what he's saying. And hey, we want that bread every day, right? That would be amazing. Like I said, you don't have to go to work. You just got to follow Jesus, especially in, 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 in that region of the world. You don't have to have six-inch insulation <laughs> in your wall, right? Uh, it's, you can live under the stars. It's a lot easier. So we'll follow Jesus, and, and it's going to be amazing. But Jesus was not talking about that food. He wasn't talk about, talking about a physical thing. And, 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 and what he was trying to tell them is that there was more than bread. And, and the reality is that they only saw bread and not Jesus. I just want to have your attention on this. They only saw bread and they did not see Jesus. Let's, let's go a little deeper here. Well, Jesus said, "Ask us or invited us to pray for our daily bread right? Pray for your daily bread. And I believe that God is a provider. And I believe that when we turn to him, God provides to our needs. I remember many, many moons ago, we were sorting in ministry. Uh, We were not wealthy enough to have a credit card. At that time, it was hard to have a credit card. And so we functioned with cash. And what happened is that our cash ran out. And we didn't know what we we're going to eat. Valerie was, a, uh, was young, and, and me and Micheline were in the house, and, and we were saying, okay, what's gonna happen? And, and we saw this uh, beautiful couple coming to our house and, and they brought this amazing box of food and they said, you know, we had you on our heart and we just felt we needed to do this. And it was amazing because God provided uh, us through them some grocery and, and we were so pumped for their obedience and we were so grateful for the Lord's faithfulness. So the reality is, is it's okay to ask the Lord to, to meet our needs and that's what he ta- tells us to do. He says to ask for daily bread and he will give us his daily bread as we make him our all and we make him the one that we go to 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 meet our needs but there's a deeper level in this story that Jesus unpacks he says that it's okay yeah it's okay to ask for bread but he says I want to be your bread it's a total different level it's a there's a different level between um, asking for bread and to see Jesus as my bread. Uh, when we look at Asking Jesus for bread, it's like a, it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a, an exchange that you do, or it's kind of a business deal that you do. God, uh, come to my rescue. Uh, it's 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 an, kind of an exchange. Come come and do this in my life. Come and, and 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 touch my son. Come and touch my family. Come and touch my body. Help me when it comes to different situation. And it's good to do that. And it's there's nothing wrong at all to do this. But there's a deeper level where you make Jesus your food, where Jesus is your bread. And there's, like I said, there's such a difference between the two. And the danger for us in the Western world is to have a transactional God, where we, ha- we, we think that relationship with God is based on that transaction, that I'm in need, I call to God, God comes and rescues me and helps me out. And it, the bottom line, that's how I live my life. And I, and I know some unbelievers that are not following Jesus. And when they are in a crisis, they turn to God. And amazingly, God responds to them. And they sum, they sum up Christianity with this thought that, is a trans, that, that my relationship with Jesus is transactional. But it's way deeper than that. When you say that Jesus is your bread, it goes, again, deeper than asking Jesus for bread. And, and I think this is the heart of what Jesus is saying in, in this story, that it's more than just asking for bread, or, or it's, to see, it's, it's, to go, it's to move to the level where Jesus is my bread. It's seeing Jesus as my source of nourishment and fulfillment in life. It's, it's to another level, right? It's seeing Jesus as the source of my nourishment. So you're not just asking for Jesus to give you bread because you could do your life and do whatever you want and pursue this and pursue, pursue, that, pursue that and say, God, give me my daily bread, right? Well, that's how some people view Christianity is you do your life, you navigate through life, and then you ask God for his help. Yeah, there's one level of that, but there's a deeper level. In that deeper level, it's seeing Jesus as my source of nourishment and my fulfillment in life, where I'm living my life, where I say, God, you are the one that feeds me. You're the one that I want in my life. I want you in my life. I accept your work on Calvary. I'll unpack that in a moment. But I, I receive you, and I'm nourishing myself with you, and my fulfillment in life is you. What a difference between the two, right? What a contrast between only seeing Jesus in a contractional way, where you have a contract with him, where you ask for his help, to having him as your food. It's uh, to another level, right? Jesus is not only a provider of material things, but the very essence of life and purpose, the, every, the, the very essence of life and purpose, meaning that I'm going to live for you, God, and the reason why I'm here is for you. Compare it to living your life and asking for his bread. It's two different Christianity we're talking about. Would you agree? It's two different Christianity. One that is expecting God to answer the, their prayer and move in their behalf, and the other one is based on surrender. And based on making God your all. And, and so that's what Jesus is talking about. It, 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 it's when he is the focus of our faith. When I choose to follow him. It, it's, it's Our desire is to know him intimately. And depend on his teachings and presence to sustain us spiritually. Wow. It's way deeper than asking God just to come and meet my need. It, 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 I believe that you can see God provide to your needs. And still be empty inside. I believe that you can see God. Listen. You can see God provide to your needs. And still be empty inside. And what will really satisfy you. Or what will make you whole and complete. Is when you make Jesus your food. When Jesus becomes your diet. When Jesus becomes your diet. And you live according to his word. That you make him the source of your life. Where Jesus is the one that you pursue. And and when you come back to the story, the problem with the people is that they were looking for bread. They were looking for his hands. Give me. Do this for me. Intervene for me. And they didn't see him. They didn't see him that he was the bread of life that was going to reconcile them to the Father. They were just looking and aiming and dreaming to see their immediate needs be met. And they missed on on the Lord. And so when it comes to seeing Jesus as my, as my bread, it's to say yes to Him. Like they saw miracles as only an act of power. And if you look at John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. You know, the miraculous signs was when He fed the 5,000, it was way more than to fill billies. His desire was to see them, his desire is for them to see him as the one that would meet their needs, as the bread of life. And what they saw is a free lunch, oh, let's follow him, we'll have another one, and we'll have another one being disconnected with Jesus. So they were following Jesus, but not following him, right? You see? They were following Jesus for what Jesus was going to do, but they were not devoted to him. They were not eating him. And at one point, this is what Jesus did. When he saw the people follow him and the crowd was huge, and he said, if you want to follow you, follow me, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people said, are you crazy what he's talking about? And so they left. And then he looked at his disciples, are you going to leave too? And Peter said, well, no, you're the one that has the word of eternal life. And this is on what, listen, this is on what the church was based. People would say, people, theologians will say, when was the church born? Some will say it's at Pentecost, and some will say it's when Jesus said, are you going to eat my flesh and drink my blood? And he was not talking about eating real flesh and drinking real blood. He was talking about absorbing him in one's life and to follow him. And that's what he was talking about, right? So when we look at this story, the people were confused because their mindset was only in the natural realm. And they did not see the miracles as something that God wanted to do in their lives. Because the reality is that they were living in poverty spiritually. They 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 were totally Poor spiritually, and they were in great need, and they didn't see that, right? So it's important for us to realize that when it comes to life and when it comes to journeying with the Lord, it's more than just God answering your prayers or God giving us daily bread, our daily bread. It's about tapping in the spiritual world or spiritual reality that God becomes my food, Jesus becomes my food. And when it comes to, to principle, uh, principles that we find in God's kingdom, there's quite a few principles that are, doesn't make any, any sense. The principle of faith doesn't make any sense when you think about it. Faith goes beyond logic. But it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, we live by faith and not by sight. Can someone say wow? Wow. You don't live by, by sight. You don't live by what you see. You live by and trust in him. Wow. That, that, you can't compute this with your little mind. It's, it's more than understanding. Is you, you trust God beyond what you see. You got the principle of generosity that goes beyond reason. Listen to Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Doesn't make any sense. That you are generous, you give, and God will provide to your needs. Uh, the culture, our world, or mind says, don't give because you'll run out or you won't have enough. And the principle of God's kingdom, it's to show generosity and to live with open hands and God will make sure that there's always something in your hand to give. Pretty cool, right? So the ways of the, of the kingdom, it's different from the ways of the world. The same thing when it comes to the principle of humility. Uh, it goes beyond the norms, normality. It says in John chapter 12, verse 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. To say, if I say no to my desire, and I say yes to God, and I make Jesus my bread, and I make Jesus my diet, it says there's going to be multiplication. So that's not logical. It doesn't make any sense. So what I'm, my pitch this morning, what I'm preaching to you this morning it's to realize that life is way more than the physical. And when Jesus reveals himself to the crowd and to the disciple, he's saying there's way more than food. There's way more than Rome. There's way more than this. There's a spiritual reality that you have to tap into. And if you don't, you'll miss out on what I, who I am and what I want to do. I think it's awesome when you think about that. You look at the problem with the crowd, like I said, is that they didn't see that they were spiritually... Poor that they were in living, living in spiritual poverty; that they were bankrupt, and that they needed to see, they needed to see the bread in their life. They needed to see Jesus in in their lives. So when Jesus says, "I'm the bread of life," what was He saying? He says in verse thirty-three, "The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world." What He's saying is that if you have Me in your life, you'll never be hungry. You'll never be thirsty. He said the same thing to the the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter four, right? Remember that story where she was living in sin and she went to the well to to, uh, get water when other ladies were not there and and Jesus is there waiting for the lunch that his disciples went to get and then he talks to her and he says that he has water for her and she will never be thirsty again and she saw it only in the natural, right? Right? She says, "Hey, I won't have to come to the well anymore and I won't be a disgrace anymore." So so I can stay home and have water for forever. And Jesus was not talking about that water. He was talking about the inner person, right? And she clicked. She understood. She saw that it was more than just a well of water. It was what she was longing for. She had an emptiness inside of her. She had a brokenness. And Jesus was that, that person that would soothe and heal her brokenness in her heart. What an awesome message. So when Jesus says that he is the bread of heaven or the, uh, the living bread, he's talking about giving us life and this is a topic sometimes we forget and a topic that we could elaborate a lot more is that life is not here we were made for eternity and so when jesus came and laid down his life on calvary he made a way for me and you to go to the father and if i absorb him if i eat him I've, if i have him, him in my life i'm satisfied i have i have a destiny i have a home I have a, a future because of him in my life. And that's the heart of the gospel. That's the good news, that Jesus is the bread of life, that you don't have to offer sacrifices, that you don't have to win God's favor, that you don't have to, to do whatever for God to, to look at you or to love on you. No, it's the story of grace, and that's what Jesus was saying. The bread of life is for the world. It's the true bread of God is the one who comes, it uh, comes down from the heaven and gives life to the world. And, and in verse 35 he says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So Jesus is that bread of life. The other component when it comes to the bread of life is the bread of life nourishes my inner person. His word gives me substance. His word Gives me substance. Can you say that to your neighbor? His word gives me substance. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes or proceeds from the mouth of God. So, So Jesus is the bread of life, and his word is the bread of life. His word gives me the framework of how to navigate in this world. How am I called to navigate in this world? What to do, what not to do? How to behave, how not to behave? How how to think, how to process? It's found in God's word. It's the framework. And I believe that when we walk away from feeding ourselves from the, the word of God, and we are feeding ourselves from other stuff, and that will transpire for our lives. We are what we eat, right? In the physical, we are what we eat. And we don't like that too much, right? I just bought myself a griddle. I'm gonna put a lot of oil on that griddle. I noticed that man, to griddle, you gotta put a lot of oil. But anyway, I, I'm gonna pray hard that God sanctifies my food and it won't be any calories or no fat, right? So, we are what we eat. It's the same thing spiritually. We are what we eat. So, if I feast of God's word and I go to God's word, I have interaction with God, and you hear this often because it's fundamental. If I don't have interaction with God and His Word, what happens is I'm malnourished. I'm going to feed myself. Like, have you ever been hungry and you don't care about quality food? Like, you are so hungry, you you go to a fast food, doesn't matter what they have, you just want to swallow it, right? The thing, the reality is, there's a hunger inside of me. The problem is not the hunger, that's normal, it's what I'm feeding myself with. So if I feed myself of all this and that and whatever, it's going to transpire by my life. So the question I have is, what is your feeding ground? Is it the word of life? Because there's life in the word of God. The word of God does not return void. It transforms us. It shapes us. It makes makes us when we have interaction with God. When we say, God, speak to me, when you stop and you break the bread of God's word and you connect with God, something happens. It it fuels the Holy Spirit, not saying that meaning, what I'm trying to mean, it gives tools to the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Because when you have interaction with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit whispers to your inner person and says this and says that. And have faith or don't get discouraged or let go of this, let go of that. If the Word of of God is not alive in my heart, it prevents the Holy Spirit of speaking. Because the first place that He speaks, the Holy Spirit, is through God's Word. So it gives me the framework of how to think and how to see this world. It, it reveals who God is. It, it reveals my need of God and it stirs my faith up to trust and obey. Like it said in Psalm 119, uh, verse 105, your, lamp, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light on my path. So we want to nourish ourselves from the word of life. And that is his, is his word. Thirdly is the bread of life satisfies me. And that is his presence. The, word, the, the bread of life satisfies me. If, if, if we would go back in time and we would go to the tabernacle, we would find in the holy place 12 different bread. And they're called bread of his presence. And why was there 12 bread, bread there? there? It represented the twelve tribe of Israel. But it represented God's presence. And so when Jesus said, eat of the bread of life. He's talking about being in his presence. Like this morning, we we worshiped. We didn't have a drummer. It was more of an acoustic, like less grandiose than most of the time. But did you sense God's presence? I did. I had to limit myself in the service because I was saying I won't be able to preach because I can't sing too loud. I won't be able to preach because I just so amazing, the presence of God. And so, so we need this in our lives, the bread of life. What feeds you, what makes you whole, or what satisfies you is his presence. Amazing, right? When you get up in, in the morning and you have your coffee, or for me it's a tea, and I drink, I drink my tea and I'm spending time with God, I'm being Nourished. I'm being filled. I'm being encouraged. I'm being built up. I'm hearing his voice. And, and it's so amazing. I, I, I would like you to take a hold of the, this truth that his presence is living bread. And when you do this, you're fed in the inside, right? Like in Psalm 1-7 says, For he satisfies the thirst and fill the hunger with good things. Wow. You know, I was one point I was listening to a, po- a podcast on, um, on leadership, it was a secular one, I was just curious because they were talking about what's important to have uh, a effective business or whatever, and, he, and the guy started to talk on meditation, you need to meditate, okay, so I said, uh, I was mowing the lawn, so I said, I'll listen to what he has to say on meditation. And so he was talking about meditation. He was talking about uh, when you meditate, you think about who you are. You think about what you can do. And it focuses all on you. And I was saying, man, Bud, I can't talk to him. I, don't, I forget his name, but I'll call him Bud. Bud, imagine if you would meditate with God. When you would be in his presence, when you would bring your stuff to him. And you would receive his word that encourages you to another level, right? You're focused on yourself with that little medication. It's like you're trying to pump your your own tire. But But then you stand before God in his glory one-on-one. And he washes over you. He fills you. He encourages you like he did with Joshua before the promised land. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. The, The Lord speaks, changes everything. The bread of life is his gift on Calvary. The bread of life is found in his word. The bread of life is when we let him encounter us. It changes everything. No, so, my challenge to you this morning is that you would not have a Christianity that's based only on you asking God to meet your needs. But you would go to another level where you say, you would say, God, Jesus, you're my bread. I want to live for you. I want to live a life focused on you. I want you to be my nourishment. I want you to be the one that fills my life. I'm yours, I say yes to you. It's a diff- that's a different level of Christianity. And I believe that if we embark on this journey, me and you, to say, Jesus, you're my bread to go beyond asking for bread. You are my bread. You know what's going to happen? He's going to reveal himself in me because he's going to be moving in me because he's living bread. It's not a dead piece of bread. It's living. And so he's going to rise in me and he's going to move in me and through me by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would ask you to stand. Father, you're so amazing and you're so... Beautiful, God, there's no one like you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're malnourished. You are disconnected with God. You are totally empty. Well, you are at the right place. And here or even later on today, ask Him to come into your life. Repent of your sins. Confess your sin. Confess your mistakes. Just be honest to God. And say, God, I, I need you. I, I failed. I've, I've walked away from you. But here I am, Lord. Come and rescue me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the cross that bridged the gap. I invite you to say that to the Lord this morning. Maybe you here today and your Christianity is more based on, God, do this for me on asking for bread. Like I said, there's nothing wrong to do that. But that's the foundation of your relationship with Jesus. I invite you to go a little further and say, Jesus, I want you to be my bread. I want to nourish myself of you, of your word, of your presence, of wanting to be like you. That you are the one I desire. You're the one I want in my life. I want to see the Holy Spirit reveal the Christ in me. I want to see the Holy Spirit flesh Christ in me where I would be more like Jesus. Lord, I want to eat of this bread of life. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus this morning. You're watching online or maybe you're here with a family member. You've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've, been, you've, you, you've grown in the church, but you've never said yes to Jesus. I invite you to say yes, to come to the table. There's a table dressed before you. And Jesus prepared a meal. And he, the meal is him giving himself for you. Just come and receive him. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.